everybody it's jesse wayne taylor the bald-headed country boy coming to you live from nashville tennessee i'm a singer songwriter and uh, i was actually born here and raised in fairview tennessee and uh, i currently am the nashville music instructor for a really awesome nonprofit here in town called creative vets and uh, we work with ex-combat veterans that are dealing with ptsd and other issues and we teach them songwriting and or art to combat those issues. It's a very, very awesome place. I'm blessed to be there and have have gotten an opportunity to see some really, really cool stuff over the past year and even before then. Um, I had a dream to start a podcast not long ago. My dad is one of my favorite storytellers of all time, and that's one reason why I started writing songs. And I've always wanted to catch some of his stories in some shape, form, or fashion, and I thought a really cool way to do that would be a podcast. I'm releasing a new song called Bald-Headed Country Boy, March 17th. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of going to be our, our theme song, I think, for this. I didn't necessarily plan on that when I recorded it. I just recorded it. It was right before I had uh, my hip surgery, and... I didn't know how my body was going to respond to that. I wanted to get into the studio and record something before that happened. Um, and so I, I picked a couple tunes, and that was one of them. I wanted to pay homage to the man with the plan, Charlie Daniels himself, who we lost. Uh, and uh, that was my my way of choosing to do that. And so, yeah, it's kind of turned into something bigger than I thought it was going to be, and I'm really pumped about that. And... Uh, yeah, I want to introduce to you the, like I said, the OG bald-headed country boy himself over here, Papa T, Travis Taylor. So a little bit about myself. I was uh, I was born and raised in a in a smaller town about twenty miles west of Nashville called Fairview, Tennessee. Uh, I lived on the you know it's a fun fact. I lived on the same street my entire life for forty years. It's pretty wild. That it very few people can say that. Very true. And it was a uh, it was a farm uh, that was bought by my great grandparents back in the early thirties. And over the years, it got subdivided to different family members. So we lived on this street, surrounded by cousins. Y- you couldn't do anything on that street and not get caught. Mm-hmm. You know. And of course, <laughs> if you got caught, they go tell mama. Mama whip me. And then I'd get over it and get out and get into something else, you know. But great place to live. Fairview is just, a, I mean, it, it was a cool place then. But now, I mean, it's a thriving metropolis now. It's It's got a lot of businesses. And, I mean, we got, when, when we left out there 13 years ago, Jesse, they didn't have any red lights. 
Now they've got two. Well, I feel like I feel like they had them, but they didn't have them when I was growing up. Like they had, they had gained one light at least at that point. I feel like now they've got two, and they're getting ready to put up a third one out there. It's crazy. I mean, I the it, the town has grown so much in the last thirteen years, more than what I ever thought it would. I mean, it's a really cool place to live. But now we live in Nashville. Uh, I've been very blessed to be married. To your mama mm-hmm. for going on 33 years. Mama Donna. And, uh, you know, she still flings a craving on me, so <laughs> that's good. And uh, we got three grown children. Uh, got you. Right, the right, number right, one son, right, right. The number, oldest. The oldest, number one, the 10-pound baby. Good you gosh. were the 10-pounder. Sure enough, 10, 10 pounds, pounds and a half ounce. And a half ounce, yeah. And then we've got... Your sister Ashley, who's a travel nurse out in Las Vegas, and then we've got Hunter, oh, who's, yeah. the, who's the baby. Yeah. He don't look like a baby anymore, but he's a baby. So, <laughs> yeah, he's definitely uh, not smaller than me. And I don't know why you chose me to be on this with you, but I, I'm I, I feel I feel uh, uh, very blessed. I'm sure we'll definitely honest. get him on here for sure, without a doubt, but. I've always wanted to capture your stories, and so like that's that's one of the main see main that's the reasons thing, for me. That's the thing about these stories you keep asking about that y- y'all think they're funny. To me, I lived them, so to me they're just stories. Yeah, it just it's just stuff that happened. Now I, I will say this: I have been accused of travesizing the story. That's. Definitely you know happened. I've, I've, I've witnessed okay. it happening. So what that means is, I will say this. Every story there ta- that I tell has some truth in it. Now, is it 100% truth? Maybe not, because over the years, I might, ha- I might have just embellished it a little bit just to make it more interesting, you know. But uh, anyway, that y'all think they're funny. I just think they're just things that, that happen, and... For some reason, I my mind tries to find the funny in everything, mm-hmm. it, it, because a lot of times in in life, that's the only way that I can deal with or get through something is to is to think of the funny. I mean, this is going to sound terrible, but I, some of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life happened at a funeral. Right, a very right. terrible, hard time, and you know, their sadness and and and. Everything, but some of the funniest things I've ever seen happened at a funeral, and so uh, and we'll talk more about those. But uh, yeah, for sure, you know, glad to be here with you. Very proud of you. I'm excited for what's about to happen to you and this new song you've got coming out. And you have worked extremely hard on this. Uh, you know, I, I think I think musicians get a bad rap sometimes because I have seen how hard you guys work. A lot of people don't see it. All they see is you get up on stage, you play your music, you collect your tips, and then you basically go home, prop your feet up, until it's time to do another gig. And that's not the way this thing works at all. This is a this is a brutal business. And you guys work harder. And I'm not talking just about you. I'm talking about all the musicians, all your friends that I've I've met and gotten to sit and talk to. You guys work extremely hard because you love this craft. 
And I, I just tell you, it's uh, you know, it's it's amazing the effort that goes into just the simple writing and putting out of the song. I'm 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 blown away. I couldn't I couldn't do what you do. There's no no possible way. I just I just don't have it in me. Ah, you never know, man. You never know. I just don't have it in me. Well, you know, I have watched people tell me that this past year working for Creative Vets. And, oh. And then I've watched them learn how to play. And speaking of Creative Vets. <laughs> oh, Uncle Wilbur just come out on me. <laughs> we'll have to tell that story in a minute. <laughs> All right, so, let, so let, let's just say this. We're going to have a lot of fun and we're going to laugh, but we're both going to cry. Jesse and I both cry. Sorry, Jonathan Seaman did uh, at churches for it too. So it's Jonathan Seaman, the guy we go to church with, one of the finest Christian men I've ever met in my life. I love Jonathan Seaman. He's like a brother to me, but he's probably the only person in the world that cries as much as I do, or maybe a little bit more. Dude, <laughs> literally, I looked at Catherine. I was like, every time, dude. But he every is. Time. I tell you what. I wish I had Jonathan Seaman's heart. That dude has got the heart. I just tell you, if he don't make it into heaven, ain't no need me trying. <laughs> Matter of fact, when we get to the Golden Gates, I'm going to look for Jonathan Seaman, and I'm just going to try to slide in there, you know? <laughs> just trying to slide in underneath him. Hello, my Jonathan. He's a great guy. But back to creative vets. Uh, yeah, sorry. I'm just saying, I've watched people tell me they weren't going to do it, and then they've done it. And yeah. that—that that is, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Sorry. It's all right. You know? Well, I have watched this. I have not been around this group as much as you have. I have been very fortunate to meet some of the veterans, which, first of all, to to put to put every person in this country's life ahead of your own and go spend years away from your family, have children that you don't see until they're out of their infancy, and then... To hear of some of the things that they've seen and endured, Jesse, it's it gives it just it just makes me very proud to live in a country that where we have people willing to do that. Some of these guys and these ladies come back and they have issues with some of the things that they've seen and done, and and with with creative vets, they're able to there that that's therapy for them, and and I've seen you be a, a strong part of that, and. Uh, it's a great organization. Uh, if you if you go look them up, go check them out. Go listen to some of the songs. If you ever get an opportunity to go look at their artwork, the artwork is just some of those things. You know, we can stand there and we could look. I could look at them for hours. Yeah, just simply they tell a story. Yeah, of things that we've never seen and we don't want to see, but we need to know that it does exist. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's a big deal. The first time, I'd never really even like, even, I mean, lit, seriously, when I went on my first trip to Chicago with Richard Casper and we went to an art facility and like and, and saw an art show for creative, for creative Vets, I had never like went to an art gallery and looked at art. I'd never like, never really just, I just never been exposed to that mm-hmm. before. And so I was kind of like, you know, what am so I what, walking into here? And it seriously, for an hour and hour and fifteen minutes before I, I played a song for everybody that was there that I had written with the program. And um 
it was it was just amazing to see that portion of the program and to see how art worked in real time in such a moving way. Like from my first experience, it was just it was crazy for me. So like that's become one of my favorite parts about creative at working with them is like getting exposed to that. Um, <laughs> I mean, I might cry the whole time. <laughs> Shoot, crap. Tell them about Uncle Wilbur and crap. Okay, all right. So, all right. So, the, the, <clears throat> I had I had a great great uncle uh, by the name of Wilburn Rose, and it, it it was spelled W I L B O R N Wilburn Rose. And Uncle Wilburn, uh, God rest this man's soul, if he was still living today, he'd be well over a hundred years old. But when I was a kid, we'd go, and he lived in Arkansas. And when I was a kid, we'd go see Uncle Wilburn and Aunt Christine and all the other aunts and uncles that lived in Arkansas. But Uncle Wilburn was always one of my favorite people to go see because he, now he was the, he was the original, the OG storyteller. Wilburn Rose could tell a story. That's hilarious. And I would sit and listen to him tell stories about them growing up and going coon hunting and fishing and living down in the bayou and, and all this stuff, and he was he was so entertaining. He was a tugboat captain. That's what he did for a living. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I never I never known except for two tugboat captains in my whole life. Met one of them's wife the other night. But anyway, Uncle Wilburn would would he he cried happy tears <laughs> if you walked up on the porch and knocked on the door, and Wilburn come to the door and he saw it was us, he'd cry. Now he'd bring he'd he'd hug on you and he'd snot on you and he'd cry. Then we'd go in and when we got ready to leave, he'd cry. He cried at birthdays. He cried at baptisms. He cried at weddings. He cried at he cried at everything. So fast forward years after Wilbur had entered eternity, Dad one day, my dad said one day, "I'm gonna need tissue." Even I were talking, you gonna borrow my handkerchief? Oh, you just saw me blow my nose in. Oh, Lord, no, I do not want to borrow yeah. it. So, so Uncle Daddy one day was telling a story. And my daddy was a great storyteller. But Daddy got emotional. And he looked over at me and he said, I'm sorry. I just had a case of the Uncle Wilburns come over me. And it stuck. So every time me and Daddy do anything or we'd tell about something, I'd say, yeah. And when I got to crying, I'd say, yeah, I had a case of Uncle Wilburn's come over. And that's what you just said. Right. Which I think is really cool because Uncle Wilburn, if he was still living, would be, would be over 100 years old. But as long as my kids are alive, when they cry, they're going to say, I had a case of Uncle Wilburn's come over me. So that man's memory will go on for years simply because he cried and everything. Yeah. And so here's a funnier part of that story. <coughs> I never knew this Uncle Wilburn ever. Mm-mm. I heard he before you're born. That phrase, you might I might pull Uncle Wilburn my whole life, but I only knew Uncle Wilburn McGahey, which was another Uncle Wilburn that was alive and is still alive and today. He's not, even, he's not even your uncle, and he's not even my uncle. We just, we just called, called him, him Uncle yeah. Wilburn, and so every time I heard this phrase, I thought. We were talking about that Uncle Wilburn crying. And so recently I actually had a conversation with him about this. And and the person that was with us was like, 
I've never seen that man cry a day in his life. And I was like, well, my daddy must be telling the story wrong or something. I'm so confused. Was, I don't it, understand. It was, different Uncle Wilbur, it was two was. different gentlemen. So, anyways, all right, thank you for letting me have my Uncle Wilbur moment. I think I'm good, but, I mean, I could definitely use a, uh, like, you know, a napkin or something if somebody were to go get one for me or something. But regardless, um, yeah, Creative Vets is awesome. And you should check check it out, um, creativevets.org. They're on Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Play, all of the places where you can get music. Um, they're on TikTok and uh, all the social media platforms. And um, We definitely need to get Richard Casper on here sometime. I think that I might be able to talk him into it. He, I hope I can. I could sit and talk to Richard all day. I would really love to because, I, you know, I mean – as much as I do get to see him, I don't get to sit down and like talk to him yeah. like this. Oh, very I get. Much. So, I, I bet. Yeah. Um, I would really enjoy to get to do that. Oh, and anyway. Hannah Dasher. Hannah <laughs> Dasher. I want Hannah Dasher on here. But when we when we do have a podcast with Hannah Dasher, we've got to do it in the kitchen because that girl is cooking something. That is hilarious. I Dude, will do. I love to watch her recipes. Yeah, I will They're do awesome. my best. I can't make any promises, but. No, if I'm if we're gonna do another podcast, I have to have a promise from you that Hannah Dasher is <laughs> from me. Okay, well I'll see what I can do. She's got a lot of people, a lot of people, and Amy Burns doing a lot of stuff right now. Amy too. Amy's busy. Amy as all. is yeah. a freaking beast. I will do what I can. I am so proud of her. Oh my gosh, me too. I know, Dude. and I would love to have both of those ladies on here. And you know, very much. I'm a weenie. All right, when it comes to stuff, because I I, I I'm. All right, I'm a big guy. So there's a lot of things that I I can't do like normal sized people do, you know, like fit in an airplane seat or something like that, right? But uh, thank you. Let's get some tissues here. Oh, just good in gosh, case. I'm man. probably gonna cry too. It don't matter. Well, I was about to say we'll just keep this box back here behind us with the records. How long ago? Okay. It's all right. Just restart it. We'll just see what we end up with, and we'll go with it from there. I'll just set the tissues right here. But we had a, we had. A, I feel like we're at church at the funeral home. You know, you go to the funeral home. You get ready for the funeral. You ever seen the funeral director going around <laughs> passing out boxes of tissues? You know. But man, can you imagine how much snot there is at the end of a funeral when they get Dad. had to go clean those things up? Ugh. I don't well, want that job. Thank y'all for the That's tissues. That was great. I needed so, that big time. Big time. But uh yeah, so we're talking about different, you know, different people we want to have on the on the podcast and so uh my 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 goal is two people. Hannah Dasher and Amy Breen. Okay. Well, I, that's I think I might be and we said Richard Casper too. That's and Richard, yeah. But I mean, okay. yeah, I mean well, Richard, yeah. We'll see what we can do, and we'll we'll see what we can do about that. I hadn't even we. I think we need to get a couple of just us. I got plenty of stories I want to get out of you before we start having guests. But I will definitely <laughs> see if I can see if I can maybe make some of that. Well, happen. I'm glad you think these stories are entertaining. I hope everybody else does. They are. They are. They're definitely entertaining. You never know. I might end up telling a couple too. Well, we you have to run them by me first because I have an image to uphold. Yeah, and I don't want there to be any, uh, you know, any stories out there that's going to tarnish my image. <laughs> One of I don't want to like tell too much about it. I wish I would have said something to you about it before, 
because I'd like for you to tell it fresh without me like ruining it. But what? there was one, you've told me a story before about one time when I was little, you came outside and you told me not to do something and you went back inside and you came back outside again. Oh, yeah. I know what that is. Yeah. You the backyard on fire. No, that's not what I was talking that about. But one? okay, go ahead and that's tell another, that. That's another one though. You can tell that. I was a bit of a pyro. You and Hunter both were pyromaniacs. I was bad. We, we couldn't I was even really bad, We couldn't dude. even have candles in our house because of y'all. <laughs> Donna would light a candle. It'd be nice. She'd be trying to light candles to give us their, our home some ambiance. And, and you guys would stick stuff in the candles and catch them on fire. <laughs> and sit things. there and watch them burn and watch the fires hit the floor and things. I mean, it was... I don't know. I, I thought we was going to have to get y'all some serious help there yeah, for a while because hilarious. y'all could not be around a fire. So anyway... Jesse, I don't know if I want to tell this story or not because I this this right here. I don't know which one we're talking about now, so I'm nervous. You, do you remember the time you put the gasoline on the fire in the backyard and I was in the house? Which time? Which time? There therein lies my point. I mean, I was sitting there wondering. I mean, there was multiple times you came out in the backyard yelling at me while there is you, a mushroom cloud in you the sky. Might have been, you might have been seven years old. I mean, I, did you know who and I you, learned And that? you built a fire in our backyard, <laughs> and... I saw you out there with the fire, and you were playing with it in the playing with the stick in it. And I was thinking, "Oh, okay, he just got a little fire out there and a stick. It's no big deal, you know." I didn't see the jar of gasoline that you had sitting out there next to you, so I go back in and sit down. And I'm watching TV now. Y'all, y'all, y'all got a picture of this. It's 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 high noon. The sun's shining. Okay, so everything's bright outside, right? I'm sitting in there watching TV. Then all of a sudden, the whole room where I was sitting lit up. And I knew exactly what he'd done. I ran outside and there was 40-foot flames shooting up out of the air where he had poured gasoline on that fire. And he is just standing there just grinning, mesmerized and (laughs) grinning. And I'm sitting there going... Oh my goodness, we're going to have the fire department over here in a minute. You know, we're all these cousins that we live around are going to be calling the fire department. And I yelled out that back door, Jesse Wayne Taylor. And when I <laughs> did, he took off running. So now I got a kid running. I don't know where he's running to. And then I've got a 40 foot fire in the backyard I've got to take care of. So, yeah, we couldn't, we, that, and that's why we couldn't have nice things. <laughs> I'm not sure who I learned it from. Because I know I've, I'm pretty sure I saw you do that at least at one point, like use gas for a fire, but I know I saw Papa do it for sure. <laughs> Papa did it. I definitely remember that. I remember thinking, man, I can do that too. Give me a cup, fill it up with gasoline y'all, and just dump it on there. Y'all should have, we should have done a better job of keeping you kids away from your granddaddy. <laughs> Good men. Good man, not not the sharpest tax in the box always though. <laughs> when it came to things like that, you know. Oh gosh, that's hilarious. So I could, you know, I remember your mama calling me one day from or telling me after I got home from work or something like that, and said, "Go ask your daughter what she learned today." She was probably six, maybe seven. So I said, "Ashley, what did you learn today?" Day? She said, "Oh, I learned to use a skill saw." <laughs> I said, a skill saw? She said, you know one of those saws that you pull the button and the blade goes around like that? She said, 
Yeah, Papa showed me how to use skill saw today. So I use skill saw all day long, and I went, "Oh dear Lord, they're gonna come home with their phalanges cut off." <laughs> Dude, we did. We used to cut stuff out in this building. Yeah. We would just like cut like little. He didn't care. He didn't care. It wasn't. It wasn't his phalange, <laughs> and it wasn't the one he's gonna have paid to sew back on. So he didn't care. <laughs> Yeah, no, I definitely a, remember. I know, hung out in that, and dude, there's like, there's no time. Like, when I like got older and then thought of, like, went back out into that barn, I was like, dude, I spent lots of time out in here, and it's filthy. Dude, I tell you, that man, <laughs> he, he, he was. A, I mean, it wasn't necessarily that filthy then, but after, you know, after he had passed and some time had spent and people had gone in and put stuff in, took crap out and all that junk, you know, so it looked different for sure, but we definitely, uh, dude, let me tell you, it was fun and times. by the way, uh, Papa's Paycheck, your song yeah. is written about this guy that we're talking well, about. Well, we got, shot of, we yeah. got, there, there's two guys that I wrote that with. And the, the, honestly, the, the idea for that was not mine. That was, that was Chase oh, really? Daniel. Yeah, oh, dude, I thought no. it was yours. No, dude, Chase Daniel. That was Chase Daniel for sure. Unless I'm remembering it incorrectly, but I'm pretty doggone sure. Cody, I said, Cody Walton, when are we going to write a song? He said, I got to write tomorrow with my buddy Chase from Georgia. Why don't you just sit in on it and we'll write to, we'll all three write together. He's cool with it. So I did, and uh, he threw that idea out, and I was like, "Dude, I'm always down to write a good granddaddy." That's one of my song. favorite songs. I was like, "I'm definitely down to write a write a granddaddy song." And so we all three just started talking about our granddads, and and like I said, that was his idea, and he was like, "You know, he was like Papa's paycheck, like, like, you know, he got a paycheck and he spent it on the kid, but at the same time, he was like listening to Johnny Paycheck." And I, I probably like, oh. I probably listened to that song a thousand times. One of my favorite lines in one of my favorite lines in any song it is is one of the lines in that song. It's carved my name in the stock of a four ten Stephen Singer. Yep, I fought for that line that day for you. That was that to me is just I mean I can, you can just picture you and your granddaddy sitting around, and you're carving your name in the in the stock of a of an old Stevens single shot shotgun, and just having that bond between. You know, I knew all my buddies at the armory would. I was working at Nashville Armory at the time, and yeah. I knew all my buddies out there were totally dig yeah. that too. But you, the Stevens single shot, that was for you and Papa. Well, you know, my granddaddy Papa, which would be your great granddaddy, told me one time. I asked him because he had. Over his life, he owned probably a thousand different guns. Very rarely shot any. <laughs> I you know, know, right? But he he owned, you know, a, a bazillion guns. And I asked him one time, I, I said, what was your favorite, of all the guns that you've ever owned, what was your favorite gun? And he said, my favorite gun is a was a four, little 410 Stevens single shot that I traded for. Uh, he said, I've still got it. Uh, my sister inherited that gun. And, uh, you know, I'm glad it's still in the family because every time I think about it, I think of him saying, you know, to me, that was when, that was when he carried squirrel hunting with him when he used to hunt. And he mm -hmm. loved that little old, that little old shotgun. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad it's in the family. And, uh, but yeah, I love that line in that song. But yeah, so the, your papa, that's, that's the song 
Every time I hear that song, I think of Papa, I think of my daddy, I think of your mama's daddy, and God rest his soul. He he's been gone twelve years now. Uh, God, he doesn't seem like he's been gone that long. Crazy, right? Well, it, and and it it is. I'm trying to think back on the right, you know, to remember all of the specifics. But you know, I feel like maybe we tossed around Granddaddy's paycheck and some stuff like that. But I'm sure I definitely fought for Papa. And I definitely think we probably talked about Paul too, but I think we all agreed they were. I think they wanted something well, you that had, had more than one syllable. You, you know had what I'm three saying? songwriters there, so I mean, I would venture to say that the the, the song resonated from all three of it your absolutely ideas did about their the whole time, and that's what I'm saying. The whole time when we were writing, it felt like we were all three fighting to get bits and pieces of our granddaddies in the song. See, Does that make sense? I think that's cool. Oh, it was it was a lot of fun. It was almost like a little it, it always is a little frustrating in some ways because you want all of your stuff in in some way if that makes any sense like everything in your head makes more sense than what it makes in everybody else's and you kind of got to like wrestle until you guys come up with the best thing at the You know what I think would be cool is to get all three of you guys together. Maybe we can do this sometime. And play the song. And let each one of you tell a story about your grandfather, and, and it ended up in that song. Yeah, I think we could probably definitely that would be make so that cool. happen. Yeah, I think we could definitely make that happen. You know, it's it's kind of funny. Uh, you know, I've been working from home for a while, and and I've heard you work, and I've you know I've heard you have rights with people and things like that. It it's so cool to. I, I, there are often times when I'd say because I hear you y'all laughing and cutting up. And sometimes you get so tickled that I can hear you all the way downstairs, you know. <laughs> I do have a laugh. Where my laugh. office is. And and I'm sitting there going, what in the world could be so funny that they're laughing that hard? I'd give anything to be a fly on the wall just to, just to, <laughs> just to pick up on what's really going on. But, yeah. you know, I'm sure some rights are really fun. And then there are some rights that are tough. You know, you talk. Well, you, you know, everybody is different. Everybody's different. And, yeah, and, and, and you're right. And and you get along with everybody a little different too, and 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 I've I've heard it. I can't remember exactly what hit songwriter it was, but I was watching an interview some on on YouTube one time, and it was a hit songwriter. I can't remember, like I said, which one. Yeah, but he said that songwriting is like dating, and that's very true. You know, you like you got to find the people that you're like you work well with, and that you you feel comfortable with, and you go through a lot of stuff too. Early on to find people like that you like to write with, and then, you know, but it's that's not necessarily. That's a pretty good it's way. Just, of it's one. It's one way of describing it yeah. for sure. Yeah. For sure. But you talking about your papa a few minutes ago? My father in law, my wife's dad, one of the finest men ever to walk this planet, and uh, he was so much. We 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 spent a lot of time with him. You kids especially spent a lot of time with him because. You know, here's a funny thing. After he passed away, everybody always said that your mama would pawn you kids off on your on her mom and daddy to babysit whilst they she went shopping or whatever. What they didn't know was that your papa would call every morning and say, "Hey, you bringing the kids over today?" She'd say, "Well, I hadn't, I hadn't planned on it. You know, they're all playing, doing this and stuff. No, bring them over here. Bring them over here." So Donna would 
take y'all over the course of y'all, you know, she said, y'all want to go to Papa's? And you're all like, yeah, because we could go over there and play with skill saws and stuff, you know. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, they'd load you up and carry you over there, and y'all stay all day, and that way gave Mama time to do what she needed to do and everything. And <laughs> and the thing about it is, it, it was because if you kids were there, then Papa didn't have to do anything that Grandmama told you to do. He'd say, I can't, I'm watching the kids. She'd say, Donald, go out there and nail that shingle up on that on that barn this afternoon. It's going to fall off. I can't. I'm watching the kids. You know? Yeah. Well, he didn't no more watch y'all than a man in the moon. He just didn't want to work. <laughs> and the sucker never paid for anything. It never paid for anything. Hey, we. I remember one time we went out to eat. We were in Florida. And we went out to eat one night. And just as a joke, I had every intention of picking the tab up, right? Because we'd, we'd lived with them in their condo down there for a week, you know. Yeah. So at the kind of that was kind of my thing to take them out to a nice dinner on our last night there. And then we'd go play putt-putt golf because that's something your papa enjoyed. And um, I'll tell you a funny story about that here in a minute. But anyway, we go go, go out to eat. So when the waitress comes around, she says, okay, is this going to be on one check or separate checks? And I spoke up and said, put it on two checks. I said, the old man and the old woman go on one check. That was grandmama and papa. And I said, the other, the five of us go on the other check. So nobody said anything. You know, we eat our meal. It was a great meal. It was at uh, 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 Angelo's. You know, they had the big steer out front. Love that place. Anyway. We eat, uh, eat our meal. Waitress comes out there. And I was sitting kind of at the end of the table, and your papa was sitting right here next to me, right? So they brought the checks out, and when they did, he just took that check, put his hand on it, and he slid that check over there right there in front of me. And I said, no, 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 wait a minute. That's your check. This is mine right here. He said, it don't matter how many pieces of paper they write it on. You're still paying for it. He stuck me. <laughs> Absolutely stuck me. But I wouldn't have had it any other way. He, we, we love, we, we, we got to laugh and play and cut up with him. Funny story. Sucker beat me every year at putt putt but golf. Sometimes he'd only beat me by a stroke, but most time he beat me by about 13 and 14 strokes. The very last year, I beat him by one stroke. Nice. I did. I did. <laughs> I finally did. I finally, I finally beat that old codger on by one stroke, and and he accused me to the day he died of of, of not of, of cheating. <laughs> but I didn't cheat. I didn't even have the scorecard. How could I cheat it? I didn't do anything to cheat. But that is hysterical. man, fun times, fun times. Gosh, that is hysterical. He uh, back in the day, but before I ever knew him. Uh, your mama may not even remember him uh, smoking cigars, but he he used to smoke cigars. I've heard that, which I yeah. never ever saw him smoke them, but I did see him take a whole full cigar, and he would take it and he'd pull it out of the wrapper, and he'd bite it in half, and he would put one half in this jaw and the other half in this jaw, and he'd sit there like this. You look like a big old fat chipmunk sitting over there. A pit. That is and the, he'd sit around with it. He'd sit around with a napkin and wipe, wipe his it. mouth. Yeah, wipe his mouth. He'd be sitting there just, just hot, full jaw, dude. Full dude, jaw. One time we was out fixing fence. Your mama and I. This is before we got got married, and uh, they had a they had a fence 
uh, around their house, you know, around their property. And at that time, they still had they still had horses at that time and uh, uh, goats. And somehow or another, the you know goats kept getting out. So we were fixing some fence one day. I told him I'd help him. And uh, a daggum yellow jacket came out of nowhere and stung me right on the 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 ball of my elbow. Right there on that bone where the skin's really thin, you know? And uh, I'm allergic to those things. And, boy, when I did, I mean, a knot come up there. It was, you know, it was probably about two inches in diameter and it stuck out about an inch. I couldn't even bend my elbow. It hurt so bad. And so he comes up there, and, of course, I'm sitting there rubbing my elbow. And he said, what happened? I said, man, I got stung by a yellow jacket right there. Daggum, boy, that hurts. He said, hang on a second. He reached up in his mouth. And he pulled out that big old wad of, of cigar that he had probably had in there two hours. And it was just full of ambure. And he took that thing and he said, hold your bow up here. And so I did. I held it up there and he just went, <laughs> slung that tobacco on my elbow. Spit. Oh. Tobacco spit running down my arms. It was dripping off the end of my fingers and everything. <laughs> he said, Here. Hold that on there, and I'm like, well, I can't. I'm puking. I'm <laughs> I was puking. He was holding the, the tobacco on my arm, and I was gagging and heaving and puking right there, and it was. It's it, intimate. It, it was awful. <laughs> That's what hell's going to be like. But he, but I'll tell you what, after about 30 minutes, that sting was gone, and I could move my elbow again. But th- th- there's something in that tobacco that'll pull the sting out. I knew that. I just didn't want his old tobacco on my arm. You know, but yeah, so, uh, I wouldn't want his tobacco on my arm either, but I think you did something very similar to me when I was riding down the road with Sam and Susan, had my hand out the window, yeah. yellow jacket, riding, right in, right in, the, right in, the, oh, that. in yeah. the webbing. It was the worst. I screamed. I remember that. Yeah. You it, let, you let out a blood curdling scream and we had no <laughs> idea what was going on. And, uh, <laughs> You know, we stopped, and of course, we realized that you know you're holding your hand up like this, and we realized that you had gotten stung, and I did. I was, at that time I was chewing beech nut wintergreen, and I reached in there and pulled out a big plug and put it on there. I don't remember you puking like I did when your papa put it on my arm, but yeah, there's something in that tobacco that pulls the sting out. It's it's good stuff, you know. I I don't recommend chewing just in case you get stung, but. I guess it's good to have a little tobacco around just in case you get stoned from time to time. I don't know, you know. But yeah, Papa, that that song, you know, I when I hear that song, it just takes me back to being around him and hopping in the old truck and riding around with him, and we'd take the trash off or something like that. We'd be gone two and a half hours, and we'd take the trash off. I knew if I ever got in the truck with you, Papa, I could be gone for the rest of the day. There's no telling where we're going to end. Most of the time, we ended up at a convenience market getting a candy bar and a and a drink. And uh, he liked the know. big ninety eight. He did like the big ninety eight. Yeah, that was if you if if I ever changed the station for any reason. Is that when you went through your rap phase? Well, I mean, I went Back through. Well, you had like, yeah, I guess yeah, I went through a lot of different. Do you remember phases. the CDs you used to make with the rap music on them and listen to them? Some of them. Yeah. Back when you could burn CDs, I don't know if you can burn CDs now. Or you not. can definitely still burn CDs okay, you, for sure. Oh yeah, you remember the one I found and I I listened to it and I came to you and we had to sit down and talk about some of the lyrics. On I the, don't, I don't. 
You don't remember that? Not necessarily. I can't remember what was on. Do you remember? What I was remember. On there? I remember one album I got one time while we were on a trip, and and Mama was like, "We're gonna listen to this together in the car." And I was sitting there thinking, "That's not a good idea." And I said, "Go ahead, let's play it." Yeah. <laughs> Mama was not amused uh, by any means. With she wasn't. Lyrics. She wasn't necessarily as amused with that one. No, what was that? No. Do you remember? I don't remember. Don't remember. All right, so I remember one time, and this this was years after you got out of your rap phase. We were cleaning up some stuff. I don't know if I ever really got out of my rap phase. Maybe maybe it was but like rapper. I, I really or... love. Here's I just love a lot of different music, and I do go through. I go through major phases. I go through. Yeah. Ma- I'll, I'll I will I will listen to somebody and their whole cat. I'll try to go through their whole catalog of stuff on Spotify and just like. Now see, I'm completely. I'm completely In different genres too. Like, I'm completely different. <clears throat> I'll listen to individual songs. Like on my playlist, I have very few whole albums on my on my songs that I listen to. Yeah. But if I hear a song that I like, I'll throw it on there. Yeah. You know. Uh, maybe I should expand a little more and listen to more whole albums. I know there's good music out there I've never heard before just because I don't listen to the whole album. You know. Yeah. But. Uh, but I, I'll listen to all kinds of different stuff. I don't listen to like. A, a lot of rap all the time, but I, I do. I like when the speakers bump, dude. I really. Like yeah, to me feel too. That. I, like I like to feel the, that thump. I like to hear the thump. I like to put my sunglasses on, put my cap on, and roll the window down, open up the sunroof, turn it up real loud, and ride around and just bump with it. <laughs> I'm, bump. A, I'm a good bumper. Bump with it. Somebody. I'm a good bumper. You know? Yeah. I'm a good bumper. So. Papa's paycheck. Papa's paycheck. Thanks for talking about that one. Yeah. I'm glad you brought it up. It's a good and song. I would really love to get Chase Daniel and Cody Walden on here sometime. I think they would really enjoy that. And I think they'd probably be down to do that too. So I may have to hit them up. Yeah, how about, it's been a while since y'all wrote that song. It's been a long time. I don't know how long it's been, but it was early. Yeah. It was early. Yeah. I need to uh I need to like. I'm sure I have it on. I've pretty much written everything and like saved it on Google Drive. So I would sure venture I to say that's there. probably one of your your higher requested songs when you when you're out playing. Yeah. That, that, that and I, there again, it's a song that tells a story, and it resonates with people because just about everybody that might not have had their own granddaddy, but they had somebody that wasn't mom or daddy. You know, kids kids don't listen to mom and daddy. Right. They just don't. You know, they because they, they live in the same household with them, and they see, and, and I'll tell you something else. Kids, when you have kids, they see your mistakes, okay? So a lot of times when you tell them something, they see the double standard, all right? So if I stump my toe, if you if you stump your toe and you say a dirty word, right, and, and I wash your mouth out with soap because you said a dirty word, which I've done that, the thing is, you had to learn that dirty word from somewhere, and probably you learned that dirty word from whom? Maybe you. Maybe you. Okay. Maybe <laughs> me. Right. Okay. So kids see the double. <clears throat> kids see the double standards. So they don't listen to mom and dad. Okay. Because you live in the same household, you see you see warts and all. Right. Okay. But grandparents don't live in the same household with you, or that or that person in your life that takes the role of a grandparent. And so you don't see their double standards. They've got them. You just don't see them. And so they can tell you the same thing that your mama or your daddy told you, and you're going to listen to it. I was the same way. I was very fortunate to have 
I got to know four, all four of my grandparents and six of my great grandparents. Mm-hmm. So very blessed to be able to, to say that. But daddy, daddy could get mad at me. I didn't care if daddy got mad at me. Didn't care if he beat the tar out of me. Didn't care if he chased me around the house with wire brushes and, and hammers. I didn't care. But man, I didn't want neither one of my granddaddies to know I did anything wrong. Yeah. You know, and there'd be times me and daddy get into it. He'd say, just get in the truck. Where are we going? We're going to go see Papa. We're going to go see Papa. Well, why are we going to do that? Well, I'm going to just tell him what you just said. And I'd be like, ain't no need to involve me in this. <laughs> you know, no need worrying them about this, Daddy. Man, you can have, because I didn't want my grandfathers to know that I did anything wrong. <laughs> well, you know? I wasn't scared of them. They never laid a hand on me. I wasn't afraid of them. I just didn't want to disappoint them. You know, they were that, they were that, those people that you just elevated to a different standard and you didn't want them to think that you did anything wrong. I feel like that's kind of the same relationship that you had with my daddy and, and your mm-hmm. mama's daddy. Yeah, you know? for sure. Of course, my daddy, he, you saw all his mistakes cause you know, well, I saw both of their mistakes. Oh, as I got older, for sure. For sure. But you know, daddy wasn't very, life goes. my daddy wasn't very good at hiding his mistakes. <laughs> yeah. My daddy wasn't very good at hiding anything. But he would pass gas on you. Dude, that guy, he took flatulence to a different level. He would, I mean, he made an art out of it. It was just, the only funeral I ever went to in my life where flatulence was uh, was mentioned uh, was at my daddy's funeral. Yeah. That is wild. You call it wild. I called it a little embarrassing, but it was what he was. Fate. You know? I call it fate. Fate. He deserved it. I call it, it fate. He, de- he deserved it. He absolutely deserved it. I call it, it fate. You know? But, hey, he was, he was, I guess, you know, he, I don't know if he ever broke out a razor, but he might have been the OG OG bald-headed country boy. Slash, he was a big storyteller himself. Oh, and Dad he also played it. guitar. And, and I remember him I remember him like writing little songs and like singing them to us. Yeah, but most like, of them weren't very appropriate. Well, they were like like I remember like Miley making are you aching for some bacon? I remember that, which I've got a little cousin named Miley, and I remember him saying that. <laughs> I, I forgot him, about that, yeah. 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 Miley making are you aching for some bacon? You know, that's just like a little goofy stuff like that, but I do I, I My remember. daddy was a very talented person. He was a he was a talented artist. He could draw anything. Um he made his lift, living as a you know, the last fifteen years of his life he made his living as a draftsman. Um but daddy, daddy could draw anything, and he could play the guitar as good as anybody I'd ever heard. Um, you know, I was just telling Catherine earlier she's learning to play now, which I'm, that just tickles me to death. But I was telling her earlier that, you know, one one of the only ways that somebody can take that art away from you is for you to quit playing. You know, and that's what Dad did. He just got tired of it. He got burned out on it, and uh, he quit. And he. You know, in his latter years, he wasn't as good. He could still play. He just wasn't as good as he was back, you know, when I was a kid. He, I mean, he played all over. Um, but uh, Daddy was a very, very talented person. He had a lot of talent. And storytelling was definitely one of his talents. Yeah, big time. I mean, one, and could, and nobody could tell a joke like my daddy. I loved to hear Daddy tell jokes. Yeah. I couldn't, I can't tell any of them, but they were, they were funny. <laughs> I wouldn't say that they were appropriate for this podcast. 
He would do like riddles and stuff too sometimes. There again, yeah. And some of them are stuck in my head. I can't say them, but they were stuck in my head. You know, he was like smart with numbers though. He had like numbers, oh, like little number games. He would make you. You know, when I was a kid, my daddy and granddaddy owned a liquor store. And I, by the time I was five years old, there's a picture of it right there. Yeah, I I can see still see the inside of that building how how it was uh, how it was set up. And uh, by the time I was six years old, I could count back change. You know, somebody <laughs> come in with a five dollar bill and their bill was you know their bill was three sixty seven. You know, I can say it in my head it got a dollar and thirty three cents back. You know, I could count it. I, I knew how to count back change by the time I was six years old, just by sitting there watching Daddy and, and my granddaddy do it. Back to a customer, but uh, yeah, a lot of fond memories in that little old liquor store. Growing, you know, you talk about this is something very people that, can say. That back there probably came from that that big bottle right there. I pulled that out of his it house did. after he died when I All moved right. in there so for a while. That big bottle right there behind us—I don't know if you can see it or not—that was a display that that they sat up in the liquor store on one of the counters, and that bottle over there. Of Maker's Mark came my they made that for my granddaddy. It's got his name on it. Uh, wow! They made that bottle for him about 1975. Dude, that is crazy. I yeah. don't know if I really realized that. That yeah. is amazing. And you know, you notice the wax on the bottle yeah. is gold. It's yeah, not I see red. it. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. Uh, it was what they did for a lot of their the owners of their liquor stores. They made that for them to promote the. To promote that bottle, and so uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind is. if of all those liquor bottles over there, I wouldn't mind uh, getting my hands on that one one day. Well, I'll I mean, never open it, you know. No, no it, it doesn't need to be open. It needs to be passed down, and that's what we'll do with all of them eventually. Is pass them down. That I'm bottle, that bottle right down there, the 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 old granddad, that was his too. That was my granddaddy's bottle that probably came out of the liquor store. Yeah, right there. So we've got several things that that came out of that old store, but you talk about cool, man. Growing up and being able to be inside a liquor store and seeing all the characters that came in there—that's a—that's a song for another time. We'll we'll do, we'll talk about that later. But this has been fun, dude. It has been fun. This I has been you, fun. Told yeah. you it would be, buddy. I've this been looking been, forward to it. I, I I feel like I've talked a lot more than you have, and probably shouldn't have, but. You know, it has been it has been a blast. Yeah, I can't wait for us to do it again sometime. We will, and we'll definitely have Hunter on here, and he'll come on, hang out with us some, and tell some stories with us too. And it'd be fun to have all three of us here when we tell the stories because I know each one of you have your own perspective, especially when when y'all were there and actually witnessed some of the things I tell about. You have your own perspective, exactly. Uh, you know, as what I you might get to Jesse size it a little bit. <laughs> Hunter, Hunter, Hunter. <coughs> It'll be fun. Yeah. Well, I tell you what. How about you tell us one more before I leave, or before we we cut it out for today? And uh, it's one of my favorite ones. It always makes me laugh, dude. It's like I think it's hilarious. The one about you and Papa working, or Paul working on the truck. My daddy, yeah, the day he's working on the truck, yeah, that's just hilarious to me. I I know it, you get tired of telling it, but every time I hear it, I can just see him and his goozle and and him being electrified. Well, you got to <laughs> you got to tell people what a goozle is. People don't know what a goozle is. It's the uh, the the big I've long, got a, like 
Now, now, I've got a little bit of a goozle, but Daddy had one hung way well, It's down because like he had there. lost a bunch of weight at that one point. He was still right? big, and but he, he I was mean, still big, but he yeah. had lost weight, and so he had like yeah. it was just like straight skin, and it was just skin, it was like, just a, like a little turkey. Yeah, yeah, like a turkey. Well, no, I wouldn't say little turkey, but yeah, he turkey. was still a fat turkey, but uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it hung down way down, and so I was probably. 12 or 13 years old, learning to drive. Uh, Daddy had a 46 Chevrolet pickup truck he called Parker. And uh, I loved that old truck. And uh, we, we we drove a lot of places in old Parker. And Well, Parker, when you drive down the road, got to missing. That's what we call it, missing. That's when you're driving down the road and, and it, it cut out on you, you know. So we carried it back to the house, pulled in the garage there, and and Daddy says, all right, now I'm going to show you how to check to see if there's a spark plug that's bad or one that's misfiring. Like, okay. The way you do that is you get a pair of pliers. You pull the the cap off of the spark plug. You know, you got you got the wire that goes from the spark plug down to the motor, okay? So you pull the cap. That's the wire cap off of it. And if the truck starts missing more, then you know that that one is firing. So you just put the cap back on it, okay? Mm-hmm. And when you pull one off and it's not missing more, you know that's the bad plug. I think I'm telling all this right. But anyway, I'm definitely not a mechanic. Never wanted to be one. But anyway, Daddy grabbed a hold of a pair of pliers that didn't have all the rubber on the grips. Okay. In other words, there was part of the rubber gone off of it. Mm-hmm. Before I tell the rest of the story, on old cars that didn't have fuel injections, they had fuel pumps. You didn't have fuel injections when you got ready to turn your car off. My daddy, my granddaddy, both of my granddaddies told me, rev it up twice before you turn it off. And that just blows all that old gas and old soot out of it and everything, you know. (laughs) So daddy's up there and he's he's pulling the plugs off and then all of a sudden he grabbed a hold of one that with that raw spot on that on the pair of pliers and it was sending voltage through his body. Okay. Now you gotta you gotta remember this. He's holding on to the pliers <laughs> and when it starts shocking him, daddy's head starts going back and forth like this, and that goozle is just flapping, dude. I mean it's just going. Well, I <laughs> I didn't know what to do. I, you know, he's easy. And he started hollering, turn it off, turn it off, turn it off. <laughs> well, when he did, I did what they've always told me to do. I revved it up twice. And when I did, he's going, turn it off. <laughs> but when I finally turned it off, I realized then daddy thought I did that on purpose to shock him more. But I didn't. All I was doing was what they told me to do. And when he finally got his wits about it, and I, I, I know there had to, I know it had to hurt. And knowing that he thought that you did it on purpose, I know that he literally probably I, wanted to kill you. I thought that I was going to be pushing up daisies immediately after this because I've never seen my daddy that mad. He turned around with that pair of pliers and he started saying, "Come here." <laughs> well, when Daddy greeted his teeth and said, "Come here." Like that, I knew I I knew that was not a place that I needed to be. So I jumped out of the truck and started running from Daddy. Well, of 
course, I was a kid then. I'm not new. I was, I was, you know, I was a kid. I was fit, man. You know, I, was, <laughs> I could run. I could. I was spry. I could run. And dude, I took off running. And here come my daddy, probably weighed 350 pounds behind me, with that pair of pliers, and he said, "I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you." <laughs> Look, imagine my mama coming out that side door up there, right? Yeah. She comes out that side door. She's like, what's going on? What's going on? I said, mama, daddy's going to kill me with a pair of pliers. He thinks I shocked him. He goes, I'm going to kill it. I'm going to kill it. You know. <laughs> so after about a half a trip around the house, daddy got tired and went upstairs and sat down on the porch. And, and I just stayed down there in the truck. <laughs> trip around the I house. Just kept, yeah. <laughs> I just stayed there and tried. He was out. He was one one trip up the hill and he's done. What that was a good thing. If I I could ever run from my daddy, if I knew if I could make it at least a half a trip around the house, he would tuck her out and that'd be the end of her, I think. But yeah. So therein lies the day that I I I about electrocuted my dad. I don't think he was ever right, just exactly right after that. I think I might have done some damage to his brain. I'm not sure. That's a good now one. you had the story. Thanks for telling it. So. Thanks for telling it. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Thanks for telling stories. I love you. It's been a fun time. I love you too, bud. Everybody, thank you. I'm proud of you. Everybody, do me a big favor. And if you are a music streamer, go find my new song, Bald-Headed Country Boy. Add it to your favorite playlist and stream that thing. If you're a music buyer, go buy that new single for me. And spin the heck out of it. Tell all your favorite bald-headed brothers that I got their new anthem. I also got some brand new bald-headed country boy t-shirts. If you need one of these t-shirts, we can hook you up on my website, jessewaynetaylor.com. They even uh, come in fat boy sizes. Yes, they are small. I've got small through 5XL. And uh, I have some of my other t-shirts and hats and other things on there as well. Uh, go buy them up for us. And, yeah, thanks for hanging. See you next time. You